Turn to three. Positive rotation. Ignition. Welcome to Roll Call, a 126 Air Refueling Wing podcast of the Illinois Air National Guard at Scott Air Force Base. I'm your host, Master Sergeant Brian Ellison, the Roll Call podcast focused on people, mission, and community. And joining me in the studio today is my son, Sam. Home, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, how's your, uh, your uh, Christmas vacation, holiday vacation going? Better. Better? Why yeah. is it better? Uh, I got a new bet. You got a, You did get a new bat for Christmas. The uh, the long wait is over for the Marucci Cat Nine. Yep. Unfortunately, you Mom. don't have hitting uh, practice or whatever you want to call it training for another couple weeks. Why? Because your uh, hitting instructor is on vacation. Where's he going? Uh, he went fishing with his grandpa. Down in, uh, for sword fishing. Sword fishing somewhere. I don't know. Caribbean, I guess. I have no idea. But. I was going to say it's super cold. It is super cold. And we don't live anywhere near an ocean. We don't live anywhere near an ocean. Although we do live near beaches. Where? On the Missouri and the Mississippi. Those Those aren't beaches. Yeah, they are. They're a river that, with. Rocks that hurt. <laughs> Coming up on the podcast, our guest tells us how a chat at a uh, high school football game led him to the Air National Guard and the 126th Air Refueling Wing. Also, nations team up in the Pacific to help out remote islands in that area. That is, uh, that's coming up on around the Air Force. I know it's like the beginning of, it's the end of the year, the beginning of the year, and we start to think about, you know, our finances and stuff like that. I know you don't, Sam, because you don't have any finances. Although, you get paid a lot to cut our neighbor's yard, which I do half of it. That's it's not a very big, you get 50, I cannot believe this. This kid gets 50 bucks to cut our neighbor's yard. And I wind up doing half of it because... That's not true because you do the hard work because if I do it, it's going to flip and it's going to hit me. Well, this is true. I, I do that because there's, there's a hill in the front yard. And uh, so I have to do that part on the hill. But, uh, man, I used to get like 10, 20 bucks to cut, a, cut grass 30 year, 35 years ago. Maybe not even 20 bucks back then. But now you're getting 50, brother. That's pretty good. You could have bought yourself that Cat 9 yourself. Yeah, no. No? Uh, if you're thinking about your finances and maybe uh, just with that, uh, you know, the new year coming around and whatnot, maybe there's some changes coming up in your life financially. Uh, we do have free to us. These guys are great uh, financial counselors. Uh, your mom and I met with Drew Weckbach. Uh, Drew Weckbach, earlier in the year, probably around July or something like that, uh, Drew Weckbach, you can call him, 314-307-3300. You know, I was worried about going there because I thought it would be, I would be judged, if you will, because my, because I, anyway, just because. Uh, finances, uh, I spend maybe a little bit too much sometimes. Uh, but, uh, you know, he, he just showed me, hey, let, let's cut back in this area and, and then really gave me a good picture of my, uh, retirement and made me feel pretty uh, feel made me feel more secure about my retirement. Uh, you can reach out to Drew Weckbach again 314-307-3300. He's on the Missouri side. I met with him in uh, what was that? Uh, Creve Corps. It was like uh, what was it? Olive 
and uh, Lindbergh. Right around there, we met at a at a uh, bread company uh, of of local type, and uh, we talked about our finances with with mom and I. And uh, you can also email them pfc.mo.nosc at Ziders, that's Z-E-I-D-E-R-S dot com. Like I said, he's uh, available off base during the week and during drill by request. There's also Jonathan Bracewell. He's on this side of the river. You can reach Jonathan at 618-304-7311. And uh, his email is pfc.scott.us.af at ziders.com. He's located on base Monday through Friday, also available by request. Coming up, our guest talks about uh, his work in the comptroller's office. My name is Technical Sergeant Robert Walsh. My job is quality control of jet fuel as well as refueling airplanes. What I like about my job is working outside and getting to meet different people. So I've refueled pretty much every plane in the Air Force, F-16s, F-15s, B-1s, B-2s, KC-135s, Air Force One, I've seen them all. So one of the reasons why I chose this job was because I wanted to be as close to aircraft as possible. And being POL, you can refuel so many different types of planes and planes will always need gas. Joined in the studio with Staff Sergeant Greg Godier from the 126 Comptroller fight. Uh, thanks for joining me. And I know you're kind of a uh, you were kind of a uh, sacrificial lamb because I asked to talk to Captain uh, Heiser, and she's like, "Take Godier." Yep. Yep. <laughs> Voluntold to do it, but, but no, glad that's to be here. good. Glad I'm glad. Here. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> what do you do in the uh, the Comptroller flight? So I'm a. It's an ALO. It's basically an accountant accounting technician. Um, I also do the budgeting on this position because that's currently vacant, but. Um, yeah, basically all things accounting. I'm in deems every day, moving money around, basically doing what Lieutenant Pilashowski tells me to do. So. Really? really? <laughs> so, I mean, because I know I've seen you put input a lot of uh, in there. I've been in there, and you're putting in a lot of paperwork or, or whatever, a lot of numbers. What, what uh, like moving from one account to the other for Essentially, for yeah. Purchasing? I do, I do that a lot. Um, either different accounts, uh, different lines of accounting, different fiscal years. Um, just changing it all up so it... Hits the correct line whenever it needs to. Is that uh, is that a stressful job or? Um, at times, especially at the end of the year, it's stressful. But um, throughout the year and like during the CR, we're not getting a whole bunch of funding, so right things can be relatively slow. But <laughs> it'll pick up, I promise. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, I believe. Uh, so we're recording this on the twenty first of December, and hopefully by I think Thursday or Friday they're going to pass a budget. I uh, yeah, that's uh. That's a plan. Um, they <laughs> extended the CR last Friday to this Friday, so right. got a week extra of money, but that's not really anything. So do you keep up with that kind of a lot, just kind of just to know what to expect? Yeah, we get emails about it just basically every day. Um, really? Out to the field, like, hey, this is the new update of the CR. and Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Constantly in the loop. <laughs> So you see a lot of money then. I mean, you must see. Uh, well, not physical money. Well, not physical money. I see money. a bunch of numbers. You see a bunch of numbers. <laughs> but it must be big numbers. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, pretty impressive. What do you think when you see those big numbers? Like, um, Or do you just like, you're so used to it now? Yeah, it doesn't really necessarily phase me. Now, if it was hitting my bank account, it would be a different story. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, So you, you have a college degree. Uh, what uh, What's that in? Oh, that's in business management. So how does that help you with the accounting position? I mean, um. 
so I took a couple of accounting classes in college. Right. Um, so I had like a background of how everything works. Right. Um, accounting wise. Just learning on the job, huh? Yeah, it's it's a little learning on the job. I came in with some knowledge. Um, helped me get a like a jump start, but um, all the civilian accounting and military accounting are vastly different. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. What makes them different? Just the amount of money? I know or? like in our accounting system alone, like um, negatives are credits. And in the civilian world, like positives are credits. So it's basically exactly backwards, but... That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder how that, why is that, why does it work that way? Just the way they do it. Huh? Yep. Just the system. <laughs> <laughs> so did you join, uh, what made you want to join the 126? Um, so actually we were, uh, I had a alumni football game in Redbud High School. Okay. And, uh, Matt Marrying and shout out, um, he works in maintenance over there. Okay. And, uh, I was looking for a different job and he's like, Hey, looking to, you know, joining the Air National Guard. So I looked into it, interviewed with, uh, Heather Wilde. Nice. And then, yeah, basically left six months later to basic training. Did you join uh, specifically to work in comptroller office? Um, after I, like, looked at all the career fields, and, yeah, I was like, I know they all had, like, full-time jobs there, so that's something I was interested in, so. Uh, what made you choose uh, the Air National Guard? Um, I didn't necessarily want to, like, go active duty and, you know, yeah. Go to places I don't want to be, basically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, all my family and friends are here, so. Right. I thought that was a perfect opportunity to join the military and stay close to home. Well, you just mentioned uh, full-time. Were you uh, surprised that there was full-time work to be had here? Yeah, I didn't know that really the Air National Guard existed until about two months before I joined, so. <laughs> <laughs> so where'd you go to school? High school? High school, I went to Redbud. Okay. And then, uh, so you're from around this area. Yep. And where'd you go to college? Uh, I went to SWIC to get my associates, and then I transferred to uh, SIU uh, Carbondale ah, to get my bachelor's. Nice. What were you doing before you joined the military? Um, I was selling insurance um, after college, like, to companies, basically. And I just didn't really like that. I don't like cold calling and oh, I know. being annoying and stuff, so. I know. I don't, like I call it singing for my dinner. I don't want to sing for my dinner. That no. is rough. I did, uh, I worked for a, uh, a junior, I worked in sales a couple times. The last one was uh, a junior hockey team and selling ads and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. it was just like, man, this is a lot of people, which was nice because I had a lot of repeat customers that I came on to. Yeah. But then you come into, you know, you're trying to cold call people here. And it's just like, man, I don't want to know. I want to know every month what I'm going to get paid. Yep. You know, not, not knowing kind of, whew, that, yeah. was, that nope. was rough. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. It was a commission-based job. Mm -hmm. And I'm 22, 23 years old, still living with my mom. I'm like, I, I don't make enough to, like, every month to move out. And I'm trying to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, that's why you joined the 126? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was it about the 126 that made you want to join? Um, I mean, everybody seemed like they were friends, like mm -hmm. super close, and it's a great place to work. And the past five years I've been in, like, it's shown that. Like, yeah, that's cool. Everybody's there for each other. Yeah. I know you came in with a college degree, so what other benefits have you taken advantage of? Um, I mean, the full-time opportunity is probably the biggest one. Um, yeah, that's so. Are you AGR or are you a technician? Yeah, so whenever I got back from tech school, I did my master OJT, mm -hmm. and that got cut in half for me to start my AGR tour. 
Oh, wow. And then I've been AGR ever since. That's nice. Yep. It worked out perfectly, actually. <laughs> so what kind of, uh, so you get, you get TRICARE for uh, your health insurance? Yep. Mm, that, yep. That must I get be nice. uh, free health insurance. Um, the pay's not bad. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, here next year I'm eligible for the VA loan. Oh, so, right, yeah. right, right. Because if you don't, if you don't deploy, um, which I haven't yet, um, you have to be in the guard for six years until you're eligible. Oh, okay. I yeah. see. I see. So, um, I mean, not only that, but, you know, you really take advantage of what's going on on Scott because you play softball, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, who do you play for? Um, so, it was the Scott Sandlot. Uh, last year, there's a bunch of PCSs on the team, so <laughs> we didn't really play a lot. Um, I know early December they went down in Dallas and uh, won a B-Worlds, which pretty big deal. Um, but that was the first time playing together in basically a year. Really? Yep. So you won? You were you went the, you were on the team when you guys did that? Um, no, I was. I didn't go in December because I had basketball. But oh, um, uh, yeah, what? They, they played well down there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what position do you play? Uh, usually shortstop, but I play shortstop and center field usually. I can't do shortstop. Anything on the right side of the field I can do. Yeah. My arm is so so trashed. I just I can't get it. Second base is about as from second to deep in the second hole in the hole at second to first is about as as far as I can throw it, yep. it's, it's without pain, <laughs> without my arm feeling like it's going to fall off. No, yeah. So you coach basketball. Yep. Who do you coach for? Uh, New Athens High School. Oh, really? Yep. And you don't teach there? You don't have to be a teacher to, to coach? Nope. Really? Yep. Wow, that's pretty cool. New Athens, isn't that where Whitey Herzog and oh, yeah, Red, Shane, Red Shane Easter from? Yeah. That must be pretty cool. They bring that, is that, that must be a kind of a feature of the. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like their baseball field is Whitey Herzog field and like he paid for it and built it and all wow. that. So it's cool. It's that a nice is, field. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So how's your uh, team look this year? Uh, varsity, we're eight and three. Um, just beat Lebanon last night. Um, next week we go to the Sessor tournament. So hopefully have a good showing there. But so where, where's that? Sessor, it's down by like Rin Lake and like Carbondale, so it's oh it's yeah, it's a drive. It's a drive. So you guys <laughs> yeah. got to stay there for the week. Nope, we you're gonna go back and forth. Yep. Eh, I guess it's all right. Yeah, Monday we play uh, Sessor, the host, at 8 p.m. So I probably won't get home till about midnight. But oh man, yeah, it's gonna be a long week next week. <laughs> no kidding. What uh, are you the head coach? Um, no, I'm like the JV and like freshman coach. Oh okay. Yep. Nice. But the assistant varsity coach. Okay. And actually Saturday. Um, I was the, our head coach had to miss, so I was the varsity coach. He get kicked off? He, he mm. had, he's serving a technical? No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we played Perryville in the Border Wars and came out with a win, so. Nice. I'm undefeated as the varsity coach. Hey, hey congratulations, <laughs> hopefully, man. Hopefully that's the, the only game I have to coach, but. <laughs> How'd you get hooked up into ba and coaching basketball? Um, honestly, through softball. Um, really? Yeah, the junior high head coach. Was it about three, three, four years ago? Because I've been doing it, three, yeah. I think three years. Um, he played with and against me on my league in Redbud. Oh, okay. And he had an opening. He's like, "Hey, you want to coach basketball?" Which I coached baseball for a few years prior to that. It's like, yeah, sure. I've never coached, but coach, oh. ba coach basketball. But I know how to coach. So yeah, yeah. And I played basketball through grade school, high school, and even a little in college. So oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I had some knowledge of basketball. And I got into it, and then the next year he quit. So I became the junior high head coach wow. for two years, and then this past year I jumped up to the high school because there was another opening. Wow! Yeah, what you learn? What have you learned uh, just being a coach? 
uh, just being a coach, um, I learned uh, a lot more patience. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Especially at the junior high level. Oh, um, my goodness. I was a substitute teacher and had to – Oh, yeah. Man, middle school was rough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have kids with good attitudes, good work ethics, kids with terrible attitudes, um, kids that are just naturally, like, good at basketball. And right. Kids that aren't very uh, – this is their first year playing, but right. they're out there trying hard. So you have to reward that, which it's, yeah. uh, yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's cool. So uh, I gotta, I gotta ask. Favorite baseball team? Yeah, that would be uh, the Mets. The Mets. The Mets. <laughs> From Southern Illinois. How do you become a Mets fan? Um, I really started watching baseball in like oh five oh six. Okay. And you know everybody around here likes the Cardinals. Yeah. So me trying to be a little different. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I like blue and orange. Those are my two favorite colors. I like David Wright. Might as well just you know. Yeah. Why not? Start liking the right? Mets. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, David Wright would have been a bad, good player if uh, he just hadn't had that back problem. Yeah, yeah, he had a really terrible back. Yeah, I mean, he did. I know it was a few years ago. He missed, I think, a year plus. And oh then, yeah. Like he came back, and his first game back, he hit like a home run. Nice. And yeah, I. Uh, that was a pretty. That was, em- that was emotional. I was like, oh my. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's always it's always cool when I don't, you know everybody says, well, I didn't try to do that, but man, you know, and it's just like, how do you? I, I don't get it because, uh, you know, they always say you need to hit line, you need to work on hitting line drives yeah. and line drives. So everybody says, well, I'm just trying to hit a, you know, like Albert Pujols says, I'm just trying to hit a line drive up the middle. Yeah. But how do you hit 700 home runs if you're just trying to drive the ball up the middle? It's yeah. Like how. I don't get it, but they they make it look easy. I'll oh, tell yeah. you that they yeah. are uh, they certainly strong. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that was good. Those were good Mets teams in 05, 06. You had yep. right. You had uh, what's his name up the middle uh, at short. Uh, Jose Reyes. Yeah, Jose yeah. Reyes, and uh, good pitching. Oh yeah, right. Uh, that was the end. Of, was that the end of Tom Glavin? Um, yeah, oh. that was like I think it was the last year. Yeah, yeah, and then 05, and then that 06 team, it came close, buddy. Yeah, but. Albert, uh, Jose, uh, you know, Yachty Molina. Yep. He, uh, he put it away. Oh, yeah. I remember Andy Chavez robbed that home run, and then I think Yachty was the next batter and just oh. hit the two-run go-ahead home run. Oh, man, that was – Broke my little heart. Oh, that was <laughs> – yeah, we were watching that at Ozzy's Restaurant in uh, over at Westport. And, yeah, that was Roland that hit that home run that Andy Chavez caught. Yep, I think so. And then Yachty came up with, you know, Yachty. Like, what? whatever, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's not going to do anything. And all of a sudden, yeah, that home run. In the, that was a great series, though, if I remember. That was awesome. That went back and forth and back and forth. And, yep. yeah, Oliver Perez really was a thorn in our side, if I remember, in that, in that World Series. Yep. Yeah. And then now you got, you got Carlos Correa. Yep, yep, breaking news last night. Yeah. I actually uh, woke up this morning. I looked at it. And it's, I saw, like, a 13-year deal. I thought it said Carlos Carrasco. I'm like, what are we doing signing Carlos Carrasco for 13 years? <laughs> but. Yeah, when we went to bed, he was going to the Giants. Yeah. And the Giants missed out on another player. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, I look at my phone. It's, like, 12 years or whatever it was. Yeah. So, you guys are going to have. I mean, you guys got. You get Verlander now. Yeah. Uh, Scherzer. Scher- oh, yeah. Scherzer and Verlander. Yeah. And Carlos Correa. Man, that is. That's going to be a good team if they can keep it together. Oh, yeah. Steve Cohen uh, just spending all kinds of money. 
<laughs> they don't break uh, your heart. No. Yeah. Oh, they certainly will. <laughs> uh, I can't. I can't get my hopes up. But I can imagine Carlos Correa getting paid like uh, Bobby Bonilla. Yeah, I hope not. Bobby Bonilla Day. What is it? July first. I Bobby think it's July first. Bon- yeah, Bobby Bonilla Day when he gets paid his million dollars for yep. till what twenty fifty or something like that. Uh, is it? I think it's coming to an end here soon. But oh, is it? Yeah, oh, but man. I mean, it's been. I think 30 years, so. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. We talked about, uh, you talked about going to, how old were you when, to, when you went to BMT? Uh, I was 20, I turned 23 the first week there. What was that, what was it like just being an older dude in BMT? So my flight, we actually had, I was probably like middle of the pack age wise. Really? Yeah. Wow. Our dorm chief was 39, so. Wow. Yeah. 39. Yeah, but it was definitely uh you're looked, looked onto more as, like, a leader. Like, hey, right. what, these 18-year-old kids, like, hey, what do I do? <laughs> right. So. I'm just trying to figure it out like you are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your parents' reaction? Dad, you had people in the military that had joined, had it been in the military before? Uh, so my grandpa, or both my grandpas. Um, oh, cool. Were in the Army, but, um, yeah, nobody in my immediate family, really. And then you went to, uh, what's, what's uh, how long is your... Um, Tech school? Yeah, your tech school. Uh, I think it's like three months, or it was back three months back then, but they shortened it to like a month now. Oh, really? Yeah. What do you What do you guys learn in, in that tech school? Uh, so when I was in tech school, it was like basically what we do on the job. Oh, okay. All the systems and um, just kind of how things work, both on the mill pay side and the budget side. Right. Um, but now I think it's just like Microsoft and like Outlook stuff. And, <laughs> and then they send you and like all your trainings like on the job. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Much different. Mm, Wow. Well, all right, man. I appreciate you coming by. Staff Sergeant Greg Godier from the uh, Comptroller flight. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. All right. All right. With your look around the Air Force, I'm Technical Sergeant Eric Mann. Pacific Air Force's airmen, along with partner nation airmen, brought some holiday cheer to people in some of the most isolated areas of Micronesia and Palau. Operation Christmas Drop is an annual U.S. Air Force tradition working with partner nations to package and deliver donated supplies like food, fishing equipment, school books, and clothing to more than 20,000 people across 56 remote islands. It's the 71st year of the operation. Community volunteers worked for months beforehand collecting and packaging up donations. Christmas Drop works under the Denton program allowing private citizens and organizations to use space available on U.S. military cargo planes to transport humanitarian goods. The drops are low-cost, low-altitude, and they bring partner nations together with U.S. airmen to practice skills. We worked with four partner nations this year. We worked with Korea, Japan, Australia, and New Zealand, and it was the first time all of us have come together was this year for this operation. This year, more than 200 packages were delivered in a total of 70 airdrops. It's amazing to see. Uh, I did get to go out and um, like do some ramp surfing on the C-130, got to see them drop, and it was just so amazing getting to wave to those Islander people and just see the happiness and joy on their face. Pacific Air Forces says the international effort brought airmen from Yokota, Japan, Anderson Air Force Base Guam, and Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickam, Hawaii enabling air crews to develop and maintain combat readiness, all while delivering humanitarian assistance to remote islands in an area roughly the size of the continental United States. And that's your look around the Air Force.
Wow, that's pretty cool. I'm here with uh, my son, Sam Ellison, uh, hanging out with me uh, during, uh, during the break. He likes this kind of an annual thing now, your second year Yay. Uh, of doing this, hanging out with me at uh, work. So what do you think of that uh, Christmas drop? That's pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah, but New Ze- I thought New Zealand, New Zealand was surrounded by other continents. Well, it's a remote. It's out there in the middle. It's two islands. Uh, oh. They were talking about the uh, the New Zealand uh, Air Force working with the U.S. Oh. Australian. I think the Japanese and Vietnamese. No, I think it was was it Japan, yeah. uh, Australia, New Zealand, and the U.S. were all working together to uh, bring those. Uh, Bring those folks, like they said, uh, different supplies and stuff like that. How cool is it that uh, you get to see that that lady said she was talking about, uh, what'd she say, uh, surfing on the back of the uh, C-130? I think, what'd she call it? Uh, Shoot. Uh, uh, Surf riding? Surfing on the back of the plane. How do you even do that? That is, uh, you hook yourself to a strap, right? Yeah. And then you can kind of hang out, you can kind of hang over the edge and look down. While they're pushing out the the cargo, uh, on attached to uh, to um, yeah, but like, what if it goes parachute. up and it hits you? Well, I think they 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 got you out of the you're out of the way, so you're you're good to go. You kind of stand off to the side. I got to do that in uh, Brazil. I got to you went to Brazil too. Yeah, with uh, when I was in the army guard during uh, it's called Forces Commando. It's a South. Amer- well, it's a Western Hemisphere Special Forces competition that they ho- hold every year, and I went with them. And then all the na- so it's like all the nations except for Venezuela and uh, Cuba. But uh, so I went. I did the little surfing on the back of the C one thirty. They put me on a strap, and I laid down, and I videoed all the uh, guys doing a parachute jump into uh, a field uh, full of cow patties. I was told. Ew. Yeah, what is cow patties. Cow poop. So they, a lot of the soldiers were coming back saying, yeah, we landed inside uh, <laughs> inside this pasture full of, of cow manure. Yuck. Yeah. So what, uh, uh, what else what else did you get for, you, get, you got, the, you got the, the, the famous bat that uh, you that wanted? That no one knows. No one knows that my school knows. A, like Mar- no. a Marucci Cat 9? Yeah, no one knows. Well, no one knows what that is. That's okay, because uh, they're going to know this year when you when they see you using it and smacking the ball. But, I mean, it's not just you the You mean bat. line drives? Line drives. Well, smacking the ball, line drives, quick to, quick to the, through the zone and, yeah. you know, all that good stuff that you're learning from Garrett. Uh, speaking about doing good stuff uh, around the world, the Combined Federal Campaign is going on now through January 14th. The CFC is the world's largest and most successful annual workplace charity campaign with almost 200 CFC campaigns throughout the country and overseas raising millions of dollars each year. Community improvement efforts come in all shapes and sizes to address the uh, direct needs of residents. CFC charities bring community members together and highlight their culture and diversity through local theaters, recreational parks, farmers markets, seasonal events, and community gardens. You can learn more about the combined federal campaign at givecfc.org. Here again with my son, Sam, and uh, you got got a bunch of books this year. I did. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You, You love reading. 
Yeah. You do. That's great. And uh, one of the big, some of the big books that you got were on, uh, what was it? Mythology? Greek mythology. Greek mythology. And not just Greek mythology. I thought your sister got you a book on Norse mythology yeah. as well. Yeah. That looks pretty cool. It's like stories. And then like the, bi- the bigger one is like about the people and like the family tree and whatnot. That's pretty cool. Mom got me. And mom got me Percy Jackson. That's awesome. Got the set. Of Percy Jackson, right? I thought there were six of them. But you also got a, uh, because you love your dad jokes, you got a dad joke book as well. That's a thick dad joke book. What do you, what do you got? What was, what's a few of them uh, that you learned? Uh, what's the difference between a dad joke and a bad joke? What? The, fr- the first letter. <laughs> he woke me up with that. That was the first thing out of his mouth when he woke up. So I'm assuming he... You'd been sitting, you read it at night and been sitting on that, waiting. You couldn't wait to tell me that this morning. What do you got? For what else? What type, of, what type of shorts do clouds wear? Shorts do clouds wear? I don't know. Thunder wear. Ah, that's not bad. That's a good one. What else you got? Uh, what did the plant say when it was hungry? The plant? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What did the plant say? When I could use a light snack. Just uh, <laughs> so you are you remembering? Are you memorizing these? Huh? No, I'm reading it. Well, I know you're reading it right now, but you that the dad and yeah. the bad joke that was that's pretty good. You remember that one? Yeah. What do you call sticky stuff inside trees? What? Need to know ASAP. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. All right, that's Sam, my uh, son. Uh, you can find all of our links on Linktree, linktr.ee forward slash one two six dot. Where am I at? I lost my place. So if you go to Linktree, that's linktr.ee forward slash one two six a r w. You can find all of our links there. If you're watching on Facebook, are we keeping you up? By the way, what time did you get up Christmas Day? Three or two o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock or three thirty or something. Yeah. And then, so your sister was working on her uh, her present for mom. Yeah. And she stayed up all night, literally. And uh, and then you got up at three thirty. What you guys? What what Christmas uh, show movie did you guys watch? We didn't watch any Christmas movie. We watched Deadpool. I forgot how gory that was. <laughs> <laughs> if you're watching on... So you had a good Christmas, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, you can also download this on your favorite podcast uh, catcher. That includes Stitcher and uh, what else is there? Apple and... Uh, Spotify. Spotify. Are you on Spotify? No. Are you on Spotify? Yeah. How are you on? You aren't on Spotify. I listen to music. On Spotify? Yeah. How? PlayStation. There's no Apple Play. There's all no Apple Oh, music. so you have to. Yeah. Thanks to our guest, uh, Staff Sergeant Godier with the uh, 126th Comptroller. I uh, appreciate him coming by and uh, sharing uh, his experience in the military, in the Air National Guard, and uh, all that he does. Man, that's uh, pretty cool that he is a, uh, also a, a uh, basketball coach. And works here full-time. Hopefully he's having a a good uh, tournament down there near Wren Lake. If you want to pass something along, 
You can email roll call, 126.arw.pa.mm.org at us.af.mil. And anything, if you have an event coming up in your group, your wing, your flight, and you want everybody else to know about it, please drop us a line at that email. Thanks for listening to Roll Call, a 126 Air Refueling Wing podcast focused on people, mission, and community. I'm Master Sergeant Brian Ellison with my son, Sam. His favorite.